Next on Making Sense of the Madness, the Biden recession is official. And will Trump return in 2024? We're going to dig into that with Trump's political consultant, Dick Morris. And what are patriots doing on the ground in Florida to take back our country? And what can we learn from them? We're going to question the mainstream narrative and expose media propaganda right now. That is not the definition. Frank said in 2008, of course, economists have a technical definition, which is of a recession, which is two consecutive quarters of negative growth. I can tell and you this. He said mm -hmm. two, two negative quarters of GDP growth is not the technical definition of a recession. It is what not. Changed? It is not. Why did he say that it, it was? Yes, it is official. Economists announced a second quarter in a row of negative growth. So it doesn't really matter how they spin it. It's not good. And it is Biden's fault. Well, Dick Morris is with us. He's one of the most prominent political consultants in the U.S. and the world and has been called the most influential private citizen in America by Time magazine. Morris was instrumental in the winning of the campaigns of Bill Clinton in 96 and over 30 senators or governors nationally. And the surprise victory of Donald Trump in 2016. Don't forget about that one. Well, Dick, it's great to have you with us. In your new book, The Return, you said that conservatives must realize the rules have changed in the political game. Uh, what exactly do you mean by that? Well, the foundation of the Republican campaign doctrine, in effect, uh, military doctrine, really, is GOTV, get out the vote. And uh, their efforts are all geared to that. And the Democrats invented a new method of handling election day. They said, keep in the vote, uh, to bring the vote to people. And as any pizza delivery boy will tell you, home delivery beats eating out every time. So uh, whereas while the Republicans worked like crazy and produced 11 million more voters of people who came out and waited online in the cold and rain and for hours and then voted, uh, the Democrats just had them at home, visited their couch potatoes, knocked on the door. The guy put his beard down and came to the door and uh, they said, here's a pen, here's a paper, vote. <laughs> and uh, you don't have to go upstairs to get your wallet. We don't care if you have a photo ID or not. And uh, as a result, they produced 15 million extra votes. And we have to understand that the turnout of voters has increased beyond all proportion. It's a totally new electorate. Uh, in the year 2000, you had 50% fewer people voting, even though the population was only 20% less. So everybody votes, which means you get a lot of downscale, uninvolved, uninformed, uninterested people that cast ballots. And that's the Democratic Party. And uh, we Republicans have our share of couch potatoes too. And in my conversations with President Trump, we've stressed how the rules have to totally change on Election Day. And before, Republicans have always thought, uh, looked askance at early voting. Uh, and uh, it's, but there's no reason to do that. We have to fight each day in September and October like it's Election Day, like the polls close in an hour. And we have to win every single day of October, September and October so that we win the early voting and the voting on election day. 
Now, all of these lessons have been obscured, really, by the cheating that went on, the Democrats, I think, stealing the election. But the point is that beyond that, beyond what they did to influence swing states and carry them, they generated a lot more votes than the Republicans did. And there was no reason for them to do that. It was just that they worked harder and they changed their MO. So it wasn't a question of making people come out, but they came in. So what does that look like on a tactical basis? Are you saying more people on the ground going door to door, more uh, changing marketing tactics where you're telling people to do mail-in voting rather than coming in person? What are some of the things that that Republicans need to do specifically? Well, mail-in voting, I think, is a little different. Uh, I think probably, yes, it is more people door to door, absolutely. The, the rules of the game for mail-in voting are about to change enormously. I point out in my book something that I'll bet none of your viewers have ever heard of unless they listen to Newsmax and heard me talk about it there. There is a Supreme Court case coming up that'll be heard in the fall term, decision expected probably by February, March of next year, in a case of Moore versus Harper. And that's destined to become as famous as Roe v. Wade. Moore v. Harper is a lawsuit brought by the Republican Party of North Carolina. And this lawsuit cites a clause in the Constitution that says the Article 1, Section 4, that the times, places, and manners of holding elections for Congress and Senate and therefore President are to be determined by the state legislatures. Now, over the last 200 years, uh, legal scholars have kind of winked at that and said that means the states work it out. But the strict constructionist is saying, "Uh uh-uh, it says state legislatures. And that's because back then when the Constitution was adopted, they were afraid of governors becoming dictators and they wanted the legislators to be the power in holding elections. Now, if this lawsuit is approved, which it probably will be because four judges have already voted to accept it, granting certiorari, and you need five to win, they probably can pick up Roberts and maybe one other. And uh, this would mean that the whole system of governing elections will change, and the state legislatures will be in charge. Now, we have three states that have passed superb election reform bills, Georgia, Florida, and Arizona, and they've been signed by the governors. No drop boxes, no, no excuse absentee ballots, uh, photo ID, all kind, no ballot harvesting, all kinds of good stuff. But there are five states, Minnesota, Michigan, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, and North Carolina, that are swing states uh, where the legislature has passed these laws, but the governors have vetoed them. And if more v. Harper comes out, as I think it's... Gee, I'm sorry. And if more v. Harper comes out, as I think they're going to come out, this means that in those states, the governors would be disempowered and the law that the legislature passed would take effect anyway. And that will change the whole landscape. I predict there'll be no voter fraud in the 2024 election. Uh, I have a regular show on Newsmax TV every Saturday night at 7.30 and Sunday at 1.00. And I have Rudy Giuliani as my guest this coming weekend. And we're going to explore whether this will, in fact, completely solve voter fraud. I think it will.
And what's the timing on that? Is that going to happen in time for the midterms? A lot of people are concerned but about it, that. But the presidential election, uh, they, they accepted cert. They'll hear it over the fall and they'll decide early in 23. That's very interesting. And I'm going to keep my eye on that when it happens. And it's it sounds like it's it's a winner. I mean, I'm get, getting kind of excited now. But for the midterms, we're going to have to do whatever we can. And you gave us some some tips there. Uh, getting more people on the ground. Uh, what are your thoughts on on marketing and messaging regarding mail-in voting? Because a lot of Republicans are kind of hesitant to, to do that. Yeah. Well, I think in this election, where there is mail-in voting, we have to invest in it heavily. We have to allow it and urge it and talk about it. None of this nonsense of saying our people vote in person and only the opposition mails in their votes. Uh, that's ridiculous. And uh we can win with mail-in voting, and we will. But uh, in the future, I think mail-in voting is a very bad idea, and uh, we should uh, make these reforms that are going to pass should require paper ballots, same-day voting, and in-person voting, unless you have a damn good reason. Sounds like you're saying that we need to use the tools we have available to us for as long as they're available to help those lazy couch potatoes in our own party, uh, you know, or, or people that it's hard for them to get to the polls to make it well, easy for to them to, to cast the a vote. Would, hard to get to the polls would still qualify for mail-in voting, uh, an excuse, excuse absentee voting. But uh, what Pelosi did was, you see, one of the things I cover in my book is I was on the inside of the Trump campaign. I was secret by mutual agreement. But, uh, but in the course of it, we saw Biden campaigning on COVID. Every shot he had the mask on, he was in his basement. And I thought, and I told the president proudly, that Biden had committed a fundamental mistake. He was campaigning on covid we were campaigning on the economic recovery to follow. And I said, he's running on the past and we're running on the future. We're going to beat him. And the, but what I did not realize is the reason they were focusing on COVID was not as an issue, but to get people so scared that they did not come out and vote in person. Nancy Pelosi said, you shouldn't have to risk your life to cast your vote. And uh, as a result, 70 million people voted by mail. And that enabled the Democrats to commit voter fraud. And that's what they had in mind all along. And they were using COVID as an excuse to get people to be too scared to come out in person. Now, in fact, 80 million people voted in person and there was no spike in COVID at all. Uh, the stats for that week are the same as the week after and the week before. But uh, it scared the hell out of people and it worked. Well, it, usually it's the economy, stupid. That's that's the phrase that people realize that, that you do win elections based on the economy. And you even wrote in your new book that uh, inflation is one of the number one issues, uh, along yep. with immigration. What do you think is a winning strategy for the Republicans in 2022 and 2024? Well, the big three issues I identify are, Ill are immigration, uh, crime, and inflation. And I think those will be the dominant factors. The key to our strategy in 2024 is that Donald Trump alone among the Republican candidates can say four words that the others can't. I did it already. So in any campaign, when you're the challenger, you come out and you say, oh, inflation is terrible and gas prices are awful and the border is a sieve. 
And the other side comes back and says, well, it may be true, but how do you know you can do better? These are all inevitable things. The Democrats always like to cloak their failure in the costume of pessimism. Uh, this You can't seal borders these days. That's obsolete. And what Trump can do is come back and say, BS, I did it already. I sealed the borders. I had no inflation. I had gas at $2, and, uh, and I can do it again. And I think that is the fundamental argument of the Trump campaign. And when people attempted to say, oh, what about DeSantis or uh, other candidates, they can't say that. Uh, they can't say, I've done it already. And the whole election then becomes a debate on can you or can you not control inflation? Can you or can you not uh, lower gas prices? With Trump, it's not a debate. It's a, it's a, it's a fait accompli. And that is a key, key advantage to him in the campaign. That makes sense. And it seems like an, an easy win for Trump if and when he announces. We want to get more details from you about that. We're going to take a quick break. I also want to find out about how Democrats are baiting DeSantis and others to join the race and divide our party as soon as we get back. We're talking to Dick Morris. He's a political consultant and author of The Return. So you have written that the Republican candidate in 2024, it will be, it must be Donald J. Trump, except no substitutes. And you've also said that the Democrats are baiting DeSantis and others to join the race to try to divide us. Tell us about that strategy and, and do you think it could possibly work? In my book, The Return, I identify what I consider the Democratic Party's master plan to defeat Trump, because they know they can't otherwise. And their goal is to create a primary in the Republican Party. And they're doing that first by trying to discredit Trump with this phony January 6th committee uh, that I don't think is going to work. And the other is that they're trying to lure with a siren song DeSantis and others into the race. They're giving them better coverage than they normally give Republicans. Every breath they take is covered. And DeSantis has a problem in his in a potential campaign, which is he's a governor. And how can a governor speak out about issues like uh, inflation and gas prices and the economy and uh, Ukraine? Uh, but the media is letting him do it simply because they want to inveigle him into a primary fight. And we have to remember the lesson of 1980. When the Democrats had Ted Kennedy, who was a senator, running against Jimmy Carter, who was president, for the Democratic nomination in the Democratic primary. And it went back and forth. Each week there was another primary, and one would be ahead and then the other. And at the end, Carter narrowly edged out Kennedy. And then he ran into Ronald Reagan in the general election, and the Democratic Party was so split and Carter so discredited because of the primary that Reagan walked in easily. And we can't let that happen to us in 20, 
at 24. And what are some of the defenses? Are we supposed to convince DeSantis not to run or just no. really rally behind Trump? Yeah, I think you don't convince somebody not to run. You make it impossible by huge numbers for Trump. Now, he goes to, to Mudville and he has a rally with 60,000 people. That's pretty damn convincing. Uh, no other politician could do that. And uh, but, but when you, the polling, now shows Trump 40 points ahead of DeSantis nationally and carrying all four of the early primary states, New Hampshire, Iowa, South Carolina, and Nevada by large margins, double digits. So I think that's going to convince DeSantis not to run. But there are all these people who say, I like Donald Trump's policies and I approve of them, but I don't like his personality and his temperament. And I think that you have to realize that being president today requires a nasty SOB. <laughs> uh, you know, you, you you look at World War II and you say, I wish George Patton were a kinder, nicer, gentler person. No, I don't. The only guy that could beat the Wehrmacht in Europe was George Patton. And uh, Donald Trump is, you need a Donald Trump to be able to get this stuff passed. Look at how Biden can't discipline his own party. He's been torpedoed by two of his senators, Manchin and Sinema. Uh, he's got a majority and he can't use it. Donald Trump passed his tax cuts and everything else on party line votes, getting 100% support from his own political party. And when two guys stepped out of line, Senator Corker of uh, Tennessee and Senator Flake of Arizona, he didn't accommodate them. He drove them out of politics. He insulted the hell out of them. They couldn't run again, and they both pulled out. And when the Republican caucus meets in Washington, there are two empty seats there for those two guys, and they ghosts in the room. Trump used terror to consolidate his party. And he's not always nice. He's not always sweet. Leo DeRocha said, nice guys finish last. So you got to put up with Donald Trump for who he is. And don't say you're going to pocket his achievements, but change his personality, because if the personality changes, you're not going to get the achievements. Look at North Korea. The, Kim Jong-un said, I have a button where I could blow up America. And Trump comes back. President of the United States says, I have a bigger button than you do, buster. And Kim has never heard from since. No tests, no anything. The minute Trump left office, he fires his missiles and drops his bombs and tests. But the point is that Donald Trump kept Putin at bay, kept China, the Republican United as program. And he did it not by a kinder and gentler personality. So we need to get over that. It's almost like a wartime dynamic, and he, he's got to run on his strength uh, versus the Democrats' weakness. And you've said that the messaging should be about how the Democrats will transform America into a nation that none of us will recognize by destroying social, cultural, economic, and political freedoms. What kind of messaging exactly do you think should be used? Are, you, are we supposed to compare modern day or future America to Venezuela and Cuba and those types of nations yeah. because it's a communist type of thing? Well, economically we are. And uh, that's very important to getting the Hispanic vote. The Democrats banked on immigration reform as their strategy for getting Latinos. But we understand that Latino voters are citizens who've been here often their whole lives. Immigration is in the rearview mirror or something their ancestors did. What they're concerned about now 
is that America not go back to be the kind of country that they or their ancestors fled, but continue to be the, the last hope of freedom and opportunity for them. But in the broader rec issue of America becoming unrecognizable, we got to realize that as the turnout expands and you're getting down into the realm of uneducated, uninformed, uninterested voters who nevertheless vote, you have to make the issues far more simple than, than all of the complex economics. And there's nothing simpler than gender. You're male or you're female. <laughs> every, every first thing every child learns is that he's a boy or a girl. And the Democrats are literally changing that. Uh, they, when they talk about, for example, men participating in girls' sports, we fought for decades to pass Title IX of the Civil Rights Act that says that girls' sports and boys' sports have to be equally funded in school. And before we passed that, 90% of the athletic scholarships went to boys. Now half go to girls and half go to boys. And that's terribly important, and they're undoing that civil right. Uh, we worked like hell, as my generation, in civil rights marches and everything else to accomplish racial integration. And now the Democrats are running on a platform of segregation, of white, of, of fighting white supremacy and having federal programs where whites can't apply, only goes to people of color. Never had that before. So one of the things we have to do is to stand up for the basic American principles, many of which are here because of what the Democratic Party did in the past, integration and feminism. And they've abandoned those. They're now against integration. And they're in favor of gay rights as opposed to feminism, putting down things like girls' sports. And we need to be the apostles of that creed. That makes sense to me to exploit those contradictions and weaknesses because most people do believe in women's rights. And it's, it's just surreal that now Republicans can run on women's rights. Uh, I never thought I'd live to see the day. Uh, but I'm going to take a quick break. When we come back, I want to ask you about the specifics of Trump's return as soon as we get back. Inflation is out of control. The price of gasoline has doubled in a very short time and interest rates are set to rise. How do you protect and grow your portfolio to make sure that you do not outlive your assets? Invest in annuities that have rate lock. Rate lock is an innovative new feature that allows you to lock in your rate of return at any time during the year to lock in these volatile upswings of the market. And unlike CDs and money market accounts, they accumulate tax deferred and can participate in the upside of market indexes. And they're probate free and they can provide income that you can't outlive. With all the different companies, features, indexes, and benefits which annuities offer, it can be confusing to choose which annuity is best for your unique situation. Let a company you can trust help you select a rate lock annuity that's right for you. Add an annuity to your retirement portfolio and start enjoying the many benefits that smart investors love. Call the Cleveland Insurance Group at 844-USA-2024. That's the Cleveland Insurance Group at 844-USA-2024. The Cleveland Insurance Group, 844-USA-2024. To Dick Morris, author of The Return. So when is Trump going to announce his candidacy or when is the most strategic time for him to announce and why hasn't he announced yet? Well, it's between him and his accountant and his God. <laughs> the, uh, the accountant says that if you announce now, every dime that you spend on these rallies that cost millions, 
uh, is it going to come right out of your TV budget for your campaign? And he says, no, I'm going to be a pre-candidate for as long as I can and pay for this stuff separately. And then when I have to, I'll announce my candidacy and I'll, it'll have to come out of my campaign kitty. But that's the only reason he's not announcing. And he does everything but announce in, in his speeches. Well, that makes sense, you know, and most people don't talk about that. There are financial considerations. And so when he does announce, so do you think after the midterms, what makes sense as far as uh, the latest or, or the earliest? It'll be shortly after the midterms and uh, and it'll be uh, a very ballyhooed announcement. He'll go all over the country doing it. And I think it'll be very important. Uh, I want to touch on something else if you have a moment. Um, there are the dunk every donkey is held up by four legs <laughs> that's a revelation in my book the return and uh trump has cut out the legs from under the donkey all four of them hispanics we talked about using patriotism and their sense that they need to keep america as it is uh hispanics are defecting overwhelmingly to the republican party the second leg of the donkey is young people, your audience, millennials and Gen Zs. And we're finding that in the polling, Trump lost that group by 10 points. And now he's winning that group by five points, a huge swing uh, as a result of, of the economy. And we saw something absolutely fascinating. We did an oversample in our polling of Gen Z, who are people in their 20s. And we found that before the age of 26, they're liberal. And when they blow out the candles on their birthday cake for their 26th birthday, they turn conservative dramatically. Trump loses the first group by double digits, wins the second group by double digits. What happens? Well, they have to start paying their bills. They have to move out of mom's house. They get their paycheck and they see the money that's come out of it. Uh, they start trying to make investments. They start trying to raise a family to have, get a house or get an apartment. And they become exposed to reality financially. And they quickly become conservatives and Republicans. And what Trump has really succeeded in doing with Biden's help, because he couldn't have done it without him, uh, is to build a Republican majority that will last for the rest of your lifetime uh, because it's founded in a switch of millennial and Gen Z voters. The other two legs of the donkey are blacks. And here we've made little progress with black women, but a huge amount of progress with black men. Um, Trump now gets twice as many black male votes as black female votes. And the reason is that Black men are feeling cut out by the Democrats. Uh, Biden's going to name a black woman for vice president. He's going to name a black woman to the Supreme Court. Not a black man, a black woman. And uh, many people have said that under affirmative action, the wife in the couple is the managing partner at some firm. But the husband has a little shingle outside that says attorney at law, and he chases ambulances for a living. The whole thrust of affirmative action is aimed at women. And in fact, historically, back when Pat Moynihan wrote about the decay of the nuclear family in the black community, he talked about the importance of strengthening fathers and the program, including under 
President Clinton, who I worked for, was to increase dramatically the incomes and prestige and educational level of black fathers and their commitment to their family. Now that's not the democratic mantra. If you read the BLM website, they don't care about black fathers. It's, it's women they care about. Heather has two mommies. We don't need daddy. We don't need a father. And the entire emphasis has been on breaking up the nuclear family. The Black Lives Matter movement explicitly calls for that in its platform. It takes a village to raise a child. And I think black men are feeling cut out of that equation. And the fourth leg of the donkey are college-educated suburban women. And there they are determined to have some role in their child's education. Uh, they want school choice. Uh, they want parents to be informed when the kids are taught about gender change surgery in the fourth grade. Uh, they want uh, to have some voice and be notified when their kids are encouraged to dress in the opposite sex and sex change operations are seen as normal. Uh, they want the values of their home taught in the school, not contradicted every day by a teacher. Well, what you're saying makes sense to me. The Democrats have left a lot of these different demographic groups out to dry, and Republicans just have to show them, hey, we stand for, for what you stand for. And it sounds like family is at the center of that also. So faith, family, and freedom, these are some, some winning things. But I want to switch gears real quick. We've got to wrap up our segment. And you mentioned that Trump wants to have Republicans uh, be dominant for a generation. It always blows my mind how ambitious Trump is. It's not big enough just to win the presidency. He wants to do so much more for us. So I saw the recent Axios article about him gutting the civil servants and the, the bureaucrats from the system. What are some of the things that you can comment on that Trump wants to do to secure that type of uh, righteous power, you know, really uh, power in the hands where it belongs to really protect our nation and our future? Yeah, a little his short history lesson. Uh, in uh, the mid-1800s, when the party structure originated in America, uh, political parties became job machines, patronage operations. And uh, if you won the presidency, you could appoint hundreds and thousands of people to jobs. And everybody who worked for the party or voted for it had their hand out for a job. And then around 1882, 1880, James Garfield was assassinated. He was the president by somebody that wanted a job and didn't get it. And that sparked a movement for civil service reform. So all of those jobs became filled by tests and you couldn't fire somebody except for cause, which meant in practice, you never could get rid of them. Now the bureaucracy has become the deep state and we see how the bureaucracy paralyzes elected officials and makes it impossible for them to govern. Uh, president Clinton, my old boss, said, uh, as president, I had a thousand people working under me. It was like running a cemetery, but nobody listened. And uh, what Trump is doing, did it in the Veterans Administration while he was president, and is going to do it in the rest of the civil service, is pass a law making it easier to fire somebody so that the all appointees serve at the pleasure of the president and do the bidding of the public. Uh, he basically makes the point there's no such thing as a non-policy job. Uh, everybody throughout the bureaucracy has to reflect the policies that the people voted for. Before, when you have one more minute on your show, 
uh, another point I make in my book is I think Hillary Clinton is going to be the Democratic candidate. I think that what's going to happen is when Biden says he's not running again, Bernie Sanders will rocket to the top of the polling because the Democratic Party has become so liberal, so leftist. And I think that's going to send Democratic leaders into fits like it did in 2016. And they will come to Hillary Clinton as they did in 26 to save them from Sanders. And I think she'll beat Sanders and I think Trump will beat her to a pulp for the second time. And that's how I think this election will play out. could read about it in the return. I go through it in good detail. Yes, people need to get your book. They can go to your website, dickmorris.com. I'm, I'm looking forward to this repeat of history because Bernie uh, burned people not once but twice already. And we'll see if people are willing to get burned a third time. Thank you for right. joining us, Dick Morris, author of The Return. Well, next, uh, Mike Zarzano of thefloridafix.com will be explaining what activism conservatives can do in Florida and beyond to help save our country as soon as we get back. We are being censored. America's news outlets no longer provide the truth. 90% of news outlets in the United States are controlled by six corporations. They're not out to tell you the truth of what's happening. They're out to tell you the picture of the world that they represent. The mission of the Epoch Times is to chase the truth, to ground all statements and facts, and prevent people from being misled. This is a battle, a battle between truth and deceit, a battle between forces that would ensnare this country in ignorance, and between a media that wants to present you with the truth. Subscribe today to our digital edition at theepochtimes.com and join the Americans who are seeking truth and tradition. Read the difference in all your devices. We'd love to have you on board. Well, Mike Zarzano is a political demolition expert, demolishing political tyranny in Florida and beyond. Mike, tell us, what are you doing on the ground in Florida right now? Well, first of all, Sean, I would like to thank you for having me. Uh, it's nice to be back with you and thank the AMP News Network for their great coverage. Um, what, what we're doing uh, down here in Florida is uh, we're working with an, an excellent governor, America's governor. Uh, Mr. Ron DeSantis. And we recently, uh, back in April, April 4th, we petitioned him, a large number of us uh, patriots in Florida, multiple counties, we petitioned Mr. DeSantis to convene a statewide Florida grand jury to investigate four major national security crimes. Of course, the election, uh, the COVID scamdemic, uh, the war on our children. And then fourth and final was the border crime. And on June the 17th, I'd like to announce to everyone listening that Mr. DeSantis chose uh, grand jury number four. He chose to honor our request and convene the statewide grand jury uh, here in Florida to investigate the crimes related to the open illegal border. And the fentanyl death that is skyrocketing uh, has hit Florida hard. Uh, we have trafficking and the children uh, uh, 
issue is just horrendous. So Mr. DeSantis is uh, leading the way in America by convening this statewide grand jury. And we're calling this the Florida fix because it could be the fix for America. All we need, Sean, is to get the evidence of the various uh, crimes related to the, the, the steal before a jury uh, in a court of law, a grand jury, where we the people are the judge of the facts and the law. And no judge, no attorney, no prosecutor can stop the American people from making that determination. And that's why it is so very important that everybody listening, uh, if you love freedom, no matter where you live in this world, once freedom goes in America, so shall it go everywhere else. And that I am simply restating from many other great people throughout history that have said that. So please uh, get involved, register at thefloridafix.com and sign up there, uh, give us your information and then follow the instructions to uh, file the petition with Governor DeSantis and requesting that all four grand juries be convened. Sean, we, we really appreciate so, your time with us today. So can you explain um, what it means that DeSantis gave the go on the investigating the border crimes by grand jury? A lot of people don't even know what a grand jury is. Can you explain the, uh, the details of that? Yeah, I'd love to. That's a great question. Um, in the state of Florida, we have a very unique situation. Our constitution, our statutes and laws uh, give a specific right to the governor uh, when he smells a rat, kind of like Patrick Henry did uh, many years ago. Uh, Mr. DeSantis, about two and a half years ago, he smelled a rat in the Parkland school shooting where the student shot and killed 17 or 18 people. And the investigation was being covered up by Democratic operatives so they could protect their uh, their Democrat school board administration. So Mr. DeSantis uh, convened a statewide grand jury. He first, according to uh, Florida law, he must petition the Florida Supreme Court. And he did that in the Parkland shooting. And he convened the grand jury and they found all kinds of evidence of conspiracy and cover up. So that set the stage uh, for this governor to also consider our petition uh, back on April the 4th, where we requested uh, the governor also to convene a statewide grand jury to investigate four major federal crimes. Uh, like I said, the federal uh, election was uh, filled with much uh, irregularity and criminal allegation. So since the courts have denied due process, to the people and their president, Mr. Trump, it is uh, our right with our governor and uh, he is showing the way for other states to get involved. So uh, right now, the Supreme Court of Florida is in the process of convening uh, this grand jury, this statewide grand jury, and it's gonna be in three different counties, uh, Polk County, Highlands County, and um, uh, one more county, uh, Hardy County. And those are three great counties with great patriot citizens that will soon be impaneled as the judge and jury of the facts regarding our open criminal border and the related crimes that it's causing. I, I hope that answers the question, Sean. 
how does evidence get get into that kind of grand jury investigation? Well, that's another great question. In the state of Florida, we the people have the right to submit evidence. And since this is a federal crime that occurred and Florida was a victim, injured party of this crime, we the people can submit the evidence to the, the grand jury that it will be impaneled in the state of Florida. And if you get uh, registered with our effort, we will be providing you the information, those of you out there that have volumes of the evidence that you can provide uh, about the open border and also the election crime if and when our governor decides to convene that grand jury. We at this time only have one grand jury convene, and that's about the criminal open border. So uh, the people everywhere that have evidence about the illegal open border can provide uh, that information to the grand jury of the state of Florida, and we will provide them a way to do that in the very near future. So are you saying that border crimes in other states can be used as evidence or is only specifically in Florida? Uh, anywhere the border is being penetrated to uh, pr uh, bring in drugs, illicit sex trafficking, uh, illicit child trafficking, and it's affecting uh, Florida, that information can be provided. But the fact that the border is open and illegal and it's malfeasance and malpractice upon or by our federal government. So any evidence that can prove that fact, we will uh, be able to adjudicate that evidence and present it before a federal uh, court of law, eventually a federal grand jury. Right now, we're just uh, gathering the evidence uh, by grand jury in the state of Florida regarding the injury of Floridians by an open illegal border. And that is huge. The evidence is far and wide that can be brought and submitted. So if people have that type of evidence, they could sign up on your website, stay in touch with you, and then you're going to have more of a specific way for them to submit the evidence in the near future? That's absolutely correct, Sean. We, we urge everyone to get involved. This is a time of emergency in America. This is not just another political season where we need to get out the votes so the, the machines can steal and fraudulently flip the votes. We need to get an army of citizens like a Continental Congress, like the founders did. We're calling it a county Congress. But what we need to do is the people must get involved and get organized. Get your Republican executive committee in order. Kick out the rhinos. We are finding all across the country, uh, Sean, that these Republican executive committees are censoring the good people of America from participating. You out there need to realize that if you're a Republican and you're involved with the REC, you are a board member of the largest corporation of America, the United States of Government. And you, the people, need to exercise your right to vote in that corporation as a board of director. And that's what we need to do. We need to kick out the rhinos and start instructing our political leaders the way of the righteous path that the Lord God, Jesus Christ, wants us to go on. And that's truth for America, truth for elections, Sean. 
Well, I agree that the rhinos are a big stumbling block. We're not just fighting off the Democrats here. We got a lot of rhinos in our midst. How do we, how do we deal with them? What are the tactics that you and your organizations have identified will help us uh, beat the rhinos, kick them out, get them out of the way, overcome them? Well, that's another great question. Uh, that's why I like your show. You ask great questions. Uh, the people need to get involved. Again, they must join their local REC County Republican Executive Committee and get involved. Start uniting with people that want the truth, that want a righteous election, that want a clean government. No more of this, um, you know, cliquish uh, partisan politics. We want the truth, and that's what the people must unite over. And any of these REC members that are squelching the truth or censoring speech, mark them. Mark them among you in these REC committees that are causing division, that are causing censorship, because that's the enemy within. This is the elephant in the room that nobody wants to talk about. We need to decentralize our grassroots. Over the, the many decades in America, the political parties, uh, both of them, Democrats and Republicans, have centralized their power from the top down. We need to flip it. We need to reciprocate that and turn it down to the grassroots where we, the people, make our consent known by a popular vote among the, the REC members. And this is the only way and the true way that we need to take our country back, county by county, precinct by precinct. And I recommend everyone get involved with Dan uh, of the uh, Precinct Project out there in Arizona, I believe, an excellent uh, project that he's got going on. And we also need to identify, Sean, the real enemy in this country. They're not Democrats. They're not socialists. They're communists. And we have a great article that was wrote by a gentleman uh, here in South Florida that chooses to remain, remain anonymous. But we have a link that you can go to. It's called thefreedomfire.org. And it talks about how the real threat in America is of communist origin. Clear back to the days uh, when the Federal Reserve was created, that's when the communists really got a foothold, right about the same time when they caused the Bolshevik Revolution. So I urge everyone to read thefreedomfire.org. That will help them out well, a lot. I'm with you there. I do believe that we've got a, a communist agenda we're fighting here. And unfortunately, these rhinos are complicit uh, because they, they like the status quo. That's how they keep their power. So you've said that if you notice a Republican uh, in power who is censoring or ignoring important issues, that's one way to mark them. Do you think there are some other litmus tests to identify rhinos? For example, people who don't want to look into election fraud or, or deal with election integrity. Uh, what are some other issues that, that rhinos are known to either look the other way or not focus on it. What are, what's the difference between a rhino and an America first Republican? Well, American first uh, uh, stakeholders, uh, that's what we are. We are stakeholders in this corporation. We that are first, uh, American first, put America first and the people of America first, not the political party. And you, you bring up an excellent point. How else can we identify these rhinos? And you nailed it, Sean. With any of these 
REC executive members that are against election integrity, election accountability, furthering that cause, being silent on the steel. Those are telltale signs of a true rhino. And they have children. That's what we also have to remember. Rhinos have babies. And they have new people coming into the membership that they're grooming to become full-bore full adult rhinos. So you got to watch their, their following and find out who's funding the money for these people. And you just connect the dots. But down here in southwest Florida, we're finding a lot of rhinos in, in the Sarasota, Manatee, Charlotte County. Uh, Lee County area, from Tampa down to Naples, actually, we're finding them. But the core heart of the rhino movement is in Sarasota County. And we are in full bore to remove these people uh, any lawful way we can. And that's by turning on the bright lights of accountability and exposure and getting united with other believers and other fellow Republican uh, real Republicans. We even have a site where we've established a uh, social media. It's called realrepublicanparty.org. And we urge everyone to join us there and share your ideas, realrepublicanparty.org, and help us expose these fake conservative Republicans called rhinos. We, that's a great. And they don't like again, it when you call, when you call them a rhino. They really don't like that. And so if you if you name them and expose them, then they will you know scatter like cockroaches. So that's a really good uh, tactic we can all use. Uh, we're going to take a quick that's break. Right. When we come back, I want to talk to you about the Trojan horse in county boards of election. As soon as we get back. Government-induced inflation, taxes, rising interest rates, political instability. All of these can have a crushing effect on our investments, often causing the stock market to go down. But they can also cause gold and silver to go up. Hi, this is Dr. Kirk Elliott. Buy gold, buy silver, buy now, but buyer beware. Precious metals companies are not created equal. As a PhD economist, I have been in the financial, economic, and precious metals business for three decades. The philosophy of my firm is people over profit. I encourage you to read my bio to learn more about me at kirkelliottphd.com. Now is the time to own physical metals in an IRA, 401k, and outside of a retirement plan. Don't let the government destroy your hard-earned assets any longer. Call 720-605-3900 or visit KirkElliottPhD.com. We're talking to Mike Zarzano. He is a political activist down in Florida. You have said that there's a Trojan horse in county boards of education. What do you mean by that? Well, it's, it's a uh, organization called NEOLA. And um, it's, it's like a national educational uh, organization to infiltrate your county school boards. And I would urge everyone, it's an acronym, just uh, Google N-E-O-L-A, NEOLA. And it's in about seven different states now, but it's a, it's a subversive organization that is trying to insert a policy of perversion for our children 
to uh, learn how Johnny can become Susie and Susie can become Johnny. It is the most grotesque, uh, perverse effort that has ever been launched in uh, the school systems of America. It's criminal, and I predict uh, eventually the criminals will be brought to justice. But uh, it's a very serious threat. Neola, N-E-O-L-A. Google it, and you'll find out all about it. And it's in about seven states uh, where they are infiltrating the county school boards for policy making. That's their goal, is to change the policies of county school boards in favor of a liberal uh, New World Order agenda that is anti-Christ in nature, Sean. Yes, and you said before, yeah. we can mark these rhinos and we can also mark the groomers, right? That's what they are. They're trying to groom our children uh, to go That's against right. their own nature. And so when we identify these nonprofits and infiltrators and say, hey, you're a groomer organization, that's a very good tactic because they have no way of fighting back against that type of label. Uh, so I'm glad you're bringing that to our attention. You've also talked about uh, in the room, the elephant in the room is voting machines versus paper ballots. Uh, tell me about any type of effort there in Florida and beyond to get paper ballots versus the machines. Yeah, uh, we, we are act actually very active in that department. We have a lot of SOE uh, supervisor of elections in multiple counties in Southwest Florida. They're all united in the great deception that the election was safe and reliable and they found no evidence of fraud. So uh, Sean, this is another telltale sign to weed out the rhinos. Uh, find out what your supervisor of election is saying and, and also find out if he wants uh, uh, paper ballots, or does he like the computer software counting the votes uh, for the people? Because the bottom line is, uh, maybe the reason why uh, we're, we're finding it uh, a bit difficult with hardcore evidence is because the software was designed to flip the vote in real time. So simultaneously, when it flips the vote uh, electronically, it also flips it on the hard copy ballot. So that the only way you could ever trace it or identify the fraud is if you actually opened up the machine uh, and investigated the software code. And this is what is so unfortunate. It was a year before the election in 2020. I warned the Charlotte County Board of County Commissioners that the election machines, ESNS and the Dominion version were very, very suspicious and they are known to have uh, the ability to fraudulent, fraudulently count the vote. I warned them and sure enough, uh, we saw a massive flip of the vote that was inconsistent with reality, with the evidence. And um, we're now, uh, I, I was, uh, uh, talking with the supervisor of elections in Charlotte County shortly after the theft, and he had to concede that uh, he no longer felt that the election software was safe and reliable. So we've got to demand that no more machines with election computer software. We must count the votes precinct by precinct with witnesses from both or all parties involved by hand paper ballots. That way there's a record and no computer cheating can take place. We must demand that. The future of our, our government, our republic depends upon that, Sean. 
And we've, we've heard from President Trump talking about the elections in France, how they do paper ballots and they count them all in one day. And it's, if the country of France can do it, then we can do it too. So we need to demand it. Tell us once more as we wrap up here, what the action, the calls to action for people to get involved with your organization, thefloridafix.com, what, what are they supposed to do? Yeah, it's it's really simple, Sean. They first just need to register with us and just go to uh, www.thefloridafix.com. Uh, just fill out the fields there, register your information, and it is kept confidential. Uh, we don't require you to do your address, but we would like to be able to send uh, hard copy mail, snail mail to you. But please help us. Please get involved. We are in an emergency, Sean. Uh, fill out the uh, information, then go to the page, make a, a copy of the petition, uh, sign it at the bottom with your name, and then send it certified or register mail to the address we provide on the instruction sheet. There are actually two sheets. One is the petition that you will download, the PDF, and then the other is the instruction sheet. And feel free to copy both in large quantities. Take them to your Republican Party groups, your clubs, your Tea Party meetings, uh, anywhere in the world, anybody, we ask you to do this. You don't have to be an American citizen. We want to hear from everybody listening in your great audience, Sean, to help America uh, be accountable for this election steal. We need your help, people. Please, thefloridafix.com. Thank you so much, Mike Sarzano. It's very encouraging to know that DeSantis is on board for one of those grand juries. And so we're going to keep on putting the pressure on, get all four of those grand juries impaneled in Florida. And we can do it in our own states as well. If you're not from Florida, thank you, Mark Sarzano, for joining us. Appreciate your time. So, you know, I want to go back to the very beginning where we talked about how the press secretary was saying that two quarters of negative growth is not a recession. You know, we really have to be as insistent as the left is because they're insistent on a falsity, on a lie, and we need to be insistent on the truth. The truth is the truth. There is an objective reality, and the left only wins when we surrender. You know, we have the truth on our side, so we need to really just believe it and express it. And I thought it was encouraging uh, what Dick Morris was talking about because he's got some concrete political strategies, uh, just basically exploiting the weakness and the failures of the Democrats. And I think we need to think like that. We need to think in terms of strategy and tactics. This is a war. It's a political war. It's an information war. It's an unconventional war. And so, you know, we need to just join the fight. It's a nonviolent fight. We don't need to get physical about it, uh, but we need to get involved. And I think Mark, Mike Zarzano in Florida is showing us what it looks like to get involved. You know, go to those meetings, go join the Republicans and find out what's going on. Identify the rhinos, mark them, call them out, support the America First candidates, maybe run for office yourself. You know, at Making Sense of the Madness on American Media Periscope, we don't just talk the talk, you know, we believe in action. And so it's not just a spectator sport. We got to get involved to save our country. And thank you for doing that, for sharing this program and for doing what you can in your own community. And thank you for watching American Media Periscope. We call ourselves America's Patriot-only network. You can reach us at ampnews.us. You can get my breaking news updates at seanmorganreport.com. You can follow me on Truth Social at seanmorganreport. God bless all you patriots. Good night and good luck.
everybody, American Media Periscope, Eric Trump. How many rallies have you done now? 73 rallies. We love you.